Good morning, everybody. God is good. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Do we believe that on this side of the room this morning? God is good. Do we believe it on this side of the morning? Oh, oh I, th- I think these guys might. I don't know. Anyway, we won't go there. But it is great to be with you this morning. And uh, it's a real privilege to be with the family in Southport this morning, Southport and beyond the community church. It's so good to be here. Uh, My name is Jez, and I'm basically here to just introduce my wife. That's all I'm here for. Uh, But this is Kate. Um, She's going to share in in a moment. I want to say thank you to Jeff and to Dave for inviting us. Uh, Good Covenant Brothers friends giants in the faith. These guys are quality, and they've been a massive help to me and inspiration to me over the years, and it's good to to be with you. So thank you so much for inviting us. I feel like I know most of you already, actually, because uh, ever since March 2020, you all keep popping up on my social media all the time, and I I can't escape the the encouragement that comes uh, from this church on our social media. So uh, the only thing I'm thinking and praying and hoping is that this year the Christmas carpool karaoke makes a return because that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So I think we need to see that again. Um, So this morning, uh, Kate and I um, have uh, come to share a little bit on what we are doing in the town of Caerphilly. Has anyone heard of the town of Caerphilly before? Oh, wow. Good. You heard of the cheese? You heard of the castle? Anyone heard of the castle? Fantastic. Uh, well, um, we planted a church there about six years ago now, and um, the way it's going to work this morning is I'm going to share a little bit of the story of how we, we did that, uh, and then Kate's going to share a couple of testimonies uh, and encouragement, and then I'm also going to finish off with a word that I believe is for you this morning. Um, so I don't know if there are any Welsh people in the house this morning. Are there any Welsh people? There's one over there, and there's one, two, well, good morning. Does anyone know how to say hello in Welsh? Goodness me, your, your Welsh is better than mine. It's, I'm still struggling to pronounce some of the names of the different places. Um, but this is uh, Caerphilly, and um, in the valleys of South Wales... Uh, there is a, a history of depression, which uh, I won't go into, but there is also a history of revival as well. And um, Caerphilly, where we live, is the first valley town that you hit as you go north from Cardiff on the coast. And uh, the church in Cardiff always had a home group uh, meeting in Caerphilly for 20 plus years. But there had always been prophetic word that God was going to do something in this town and in this region. And I want to encourage you this morning that if there has been prophetic word over this town or on this region, to remind yourself of the words that God has spoken, because if you haven't seen the fulfillment of that, you can stand in the truth that God always does what he says he will do. And uh, one day, me and Kate were both sitting on our couch in our lounge, And we thought to ourselves, we were both working in Cardiff at the time. Kate was a teacher and I was working in different places in Cardiff. And we sat there and we thought to ourselves, why are we not reaching out to the town of Caerphilly? 
Sometimes we've got the heart and desire to reach out to the nations of the world, but we don't even know our neighbors' names. And God was saying to us that if you want to have an impact, you've got to open your eyes to those who are on your doorstep. It's time to start reaching out to the town in which you live. I want to encourage you this morning. It's not an accident, the street that you're living on or the community that you're living in, but God has planted you there for purpose. And me and Kate were sitting on the couch and we thought to ourselves, do you know what? We've got to reach out to this town. What are we going to do? Well, the only thing we knew how to do was kids' ministry. We had done several kids' clubs in, I used to live in Manchester, and we did a whole lot of stuff in Manchester, and we did the Bible Weeks, and we thought, Lord, what can we do? We thought we can start a kids' club reaching out to the town of Caerphilly. And the day after, see if this clicker works. It doesn't seem to be working, but if the guys at the back can flick it onto the next slide. Um, the day after we had prayed and agreed that we were going to start running a kids' club in the local town, our next-door neighbor knocked on the door, and she handed me a set of keys. And she basically said to me, Jez, I know you work for a church in Cardiff. If by any chance you were thinking of starting some kind of youth work or working in the community, I want to let you know that you can use our church building anytime you want. And she gave us the set of keys. It's one of the first lessons we learned is that when you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, when you step out simply to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he will provide everything that you need in order to do that. She didn't have a clue that we were thinking about doing this. The day after we prayed, she knocked on the door and she handed us a set of keys. And in the months that passed afterwards, we just decided to start uh, reaching out onto the streets of Caerphilly. We'd just go out with a few different people, uh, just simply asking people on the street if they would like prayer. And the wonderful thing is, is that, you know what, we didn't see any massive breakthroughs. We didn't see any incredible miracles or people giving their lives to Jesus. But what we found was that there was an openness amongst the people. There was a sense that we would go out and offer prayer for people. And even if we went out for just an hour, we would pray for over 20 people because people were open to the gospel. And I want to encourage you guys this morning to let you know that in this place, there are people out there who are hungry and open to the gospel of Jesus. There are people who are right on the edge to making the decision to give their lives to him. I want to encourage you to not look around thinking people are closed to the gospel. Open your eyes to see that people are open and ready to receive Jesus. Praise God. And I don't know if you've ever been in any of those prayer meetings where you have the enthusiastic people that pray for thousands to come into the building and thousands to be saved. Well, in my time with God, I said, God, do you know what? I haven't got faith for thousands. I said, I haven't got faith for thousands. But do you know what, Lord? I've got faith for five. I said, God, give me five people saved and added to the church. And in the months that passed, we saw five people give their lives to Jesus and added to the church. I want to encourage you, start being real with God. <laughs> you know, don't necessarily set your vision so high that it's so ridiculously high that you, you really can't see it happening, but say, God, what is in my heart? What is it that I really got faith for? Maybe some of you this morning think, do you know what? The only thing I've got faith for is to simply talk to my friend about Jesus and let them know that I'm a Christian. That is a great place to start. Maybe some of you, it's that, you know, you think you can talk to someone and actually share your testimony of how you became a Christian. 
That's another great start. Whatever it is that you have got faith for, whatever it is that you think, do you know what? I'm going to step a little bit out of my comfort zone, you know? Whatever it may be, be somebody that says, God, I'm ready to step out that little bit further. But we saw those five people added, and uh, we decided that we needed to get a base in Kefili. At that point, we weren't thinking about church. We were only thinking kingdom. We were thinking about reaching out with the good news of the kingdom. And uh, I had to uh, write a letter to the elders of the church and ask them for uh, uh, something, a, a bit of money to get us a small building in the high street. And we managed to get ourselves a small building uh, in the high street. And during this time, uh, this is our little building that we had um, just on the high street. We started running more kind of outreach projects from there. And uh, as we were doing this, the home group in Kefili, uh, the church in the home started uh, growing bit by bit. More people were moving to the town and more people were joining the home group. And then, I can never really remember what date it was, but at some point, six, seven years ago, we were released from the church in Cardiff uh, to focus on building the kingdom of God uh, in Kefili. And we were commissioned from there to just get on with the job of focusing in Kefili. As the church gathered there, slowly but surely, more people were added to us. And the small space that we had was not big enough. We had this small little shop, and it wasn't big enough for us. But there was a cafe next door to the shop that we had. And we asked the landlord, because he owned both, both properties, we said, how much would it cost for us to have this cafe next door? And he said it would cost an extra 18, 20 grand a year. And we thought, well, we haven't got that. But to cut a long story short, basically the landlord somehow decided that we could have it for free. So this is the kind of things that God does. So we knocked through the wall, and then we uh, had an extra space there for the church uh, to meet in. God provided everything that we needed. And so often we can think to ourselves, I haven't got what I need to do that which God is asking me for. But I want to tell you that when God gives you a word, he will give you everything that you need in order to do that what he has asked you to do. We needed a bunch of chairs, and a chap called Tim Jones, who I believe was here last week, phoned me up one day and said, Jez, I've got a, a whole load of chairs. If you need them, I'll drop them off to you tomorrow. We needed a PA system. We didn't have a PA system, so I emailed some friends up in Merthyr, a little town further up in the valleys. I said to them, have you got any spare PA that we could possibly borrow or have? They wrote back to us and said, you know what? We want to buy you a brand new PA system that you can use. God always provides that which you need when he calls you to do different things. We ran out of space in that little venue, and so we decided to start looking for another place, and we found a school, which is where we've been for the last, I don't know, three or four years. Um, and, uh, and this is where we are. And do we have all of the answers? No. <laughs> Has it been hard work? Yes. <laughs> Have we made lots of mistakes? Yes. Have there been times where we felt like giving up? Yes. But God is faithful. He is so good to us and so faithful. Just a quick two-minute story about a young lady that we've been in contact with for the last two, three years. She came to one of our family events, which was all focused on the kids, uh, she had a little four or five-year-old. The little four or five-year-old girl loved every moment of it. Uh, this mum and uh, her son sat at the back and thought to themselves, what on earth have we been coming to? 
They were actually neighbors with uh, some members of the church that we're a part of. And for the following three, four months, they would always leave their house by the back door because they didn't want to bump into these crazy Christian neighbors. Anyway, they eventually ended up coming to one of our church meetings on a Sunday, and this lady gave her life to Jesus, which is wonderful. Something I've learned is that there is always a story behind people. Everybody has a story. You have a story. I have a story. This lady's story was that uh, several years before, she lost a child, and she had really struggled with anger and grief and confusion. But in the moment that she gave her life to Jesus, and when she got baptized, she found that all of that anger just disappeared. And when she got baptized, she felt that she was able to stop taking or lower the dosage of the antidepressant tablets that she was taking. There's always a story behind every person. A few years later now, her partner has also given his life to Jesus. You know, it's nothing to do with us or how special or how wonderful we are. It's all about the goodness and wonderfulness of God. So that is how we started in Kefili. And Kate is going to come up now, and she's just going to share a couple of uh, testimonies and word for us as well. So can we give the most beautiful woman in the entire planet a big round of applause? Always likes to embarrass me. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Kate. Um, I'm also a mum of two little ones. So we've got Emily, who is four, and Joshua, who is eight. So our household is very busy. Um, and yeah, they're not with us today. They're with uh, childcare. So we've had a weekend off, which has been lovely. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to tell you two testimonies, really, about how God has used, um, well, me, really, in how we've been um, outreaching to our community. So the first thing I want to say is that the key to unlocking your community is actually, well, does anyone know where it, where, where's the key to unlocking your community? Where do you think you can find it? It's actually inside you. The key to unlocking your community is inside you. You don't know it because you haven't had the idea yet, but it's there. Um, and I call it the fish moment. Okay, now bear with me. Do you remember when, like, Jesus went fishing and then he basically told the disciples where to cast the nets? So they were trying, 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 and they weren't seeing anything. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, cast your nets here, and then the nets exploded. Okay, so I had this fish moment, and it was in the middle of the night. And during lockdown, Kefili had gone into the first kind of local lockdown in the whole of the UK. So you could imagine the streets you could feel how low people were. We were not allowed into our, you know, we were not allowed into Cardiff. Cardiff were not allowed to come into us. And out of the whole of the UK, Kefili is in lockdown. And so everybody is just down. Everyone is miserable. And in the middle of the night, God just woke me up and he just gave me a sentence. And he said, cheer up, Kefili. That's what he's just said to me. And I just thought, what on earth does that mean, God? And as the kind of night went on, he started to fill my head with how I was going to cheer up Kefili. Now, this sounds like a massive um, thing to be able to do, but in a nutshell, this was the idea. I was going to just put a post on Facebook asking for local businesses to donate anything they wanted, and then we would just give this away 
to the people of Caerphilly to make them smile. But the only way they had to enter the competition was they had to draw a face, a smile, and they had to put the smile in their window. So God had shown me, me walking down the street and just seeing all these, oh, you can see them in there, uh, all these smiles in people's windows. So when people were walking down the street, people were stopping and like, he just showed me people just stopping and smiling in windows. Um, and I just thought, oh, how is this going to go down? What's going to happen? So the next morning, I was so buzzing. I was telling Jazz, I've got this idea. I think it's from God. And he was like, okay, do you want to just wait? Maybe let's just think on it a little bit. I was like, no, I need to post it now. So I posted on Facebook. And within 12 hours, the post had seen 24,000 people. The post went viral within literally no time at all. It was just shared hundreds and hundreds of times. And that's what I mean about the fish moment. Because God says, cast your net here and I will make it explode. All you have to do is cast the net. Yeah? So what I'm saying is, is that inside of you, as long as you've got the availability, you've got the key to unlock your community. It's just the idea. And how many times have we been there in the middle of the night and we've gone, oh, that's a really good idea, but no, I, I can't do that. Or someone else will do that. But do you find that he just keeps bringing it back to you? You know, and you think, I haven't got the qualifications for that. I haven't got what I need for that. But it doesn't matter because he's the one that just makes it happen. So in, um, <laughs> so yeah, this happened. And I was going, Jess, someone else has shared it and someone else has shared it. Anyway, I was getting messages from all these businesses, hundreds of messages. We want to give this. We want to give this. We want to give this. I, I actually couldn't even contain it. It was just getting too much. So I got loads of friends on board and I said, look, guys, this has happened. We've got, I mean, thousands of pounds worth of stuff just being thrown at us to give to the people. We had four local primary schools get on board. So all the children in all the primary schools drew smiles. I collected them then, handed them out to nursing homes, handed them out to nurseries. You walk down the street of Caerphilly and every bank, every cafe, every library, everywhere was just smiles everywhere, all over the community. It was just amazing. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just couldn't really believe that it was happening. So then the local press got on, and then they were writing, like, they wrote a story about what was going on, and then we had this big prize draw where we, <laughs> where we just went on Facebook Live. We'd never done this before. We then got hacked by somebody. I don't know who hacked us. And so it was all, all very exciting. And <laughs> so we did all these prize draws. There were something like 50, 60 businesses in the end around Caerphilly that had given all this stuff. And it was just lovely, like the community just felt like it had come together. And even now, two years later, I still walk down and there's some people who just obviously haven't washed their windows in two years because their smile pictures are still in the window. Um, but I just encourage you, do not ignore the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Do not discount yourself. One little thought can just blow up in the hands of God you know, um, and he wants to reach this community here. You know, if you're a student, um, you know, he's got things for you to do, you know, he's got ideas that sound crazy, but in the hands of God, he can make it happen. And then my second testimony, 
um, really is about our baby group. So I see that you guys run a baby group, and it's been going for a long time. Praise God. Such an amazing outreach. Um, I mean, I had my son eight years ago, so we've only been running the group for eight years. But it's such a haven where mums can come. You know, they're in this new season of life, and, you know, I've, I've, I've had opportunities to pray for mums who've literally, the one mum who, who lost her husband tragically in the middle of the night. So she comes to baby group literally within a few days and is just a mess, you know, but we're a shoulder to cry on. I've been there for mums that have literally given birth to stillborn babies, um, you know, just making her petite for a mum who's struggling with postnatal depression or anxiety. We've got to be Jesus to this hurting world. I don't have the answers, but Jesus does. And this world is hurting. There are people out there, and there might be people right here in this room, and you are carrying a pain in your chest, and it's too heavy for you to carry. A pain of anxiety, a pain of depression. God doesn't want that to be there. If, we, if we're not restored, how can we reach out and help others? Okay, Jesus has done it for us. He can do it for them. And he just gives us insight and understanding into the pain and the pressure points so that you can be a source of life and encouragement. And I'd always say the opportunity comes where there's a pain point. So like Kafili was really down and out, there was a pain point. There's always a solution. So have a look at the people around you. Have a look at your workplace. Where's the pain points? Because God will give you the situation. He will give you the answer for it. And it's just you being faithful to respond to the opportunity in front of you, just to reach out and to show the unconditional love of Jesus. And it's not easy. It takes faith. It takes boldness. It takes courage. But, hey, what else are we here for? You know, that's, that's our Christian life, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, those are my two testimonies. I hope that you were encouraged. I'll hand back to Jez now. Rachel. Amazing. Oh, she's so much better than me, isn't she? <laughs> you know, people, they don't read this. They don't, people in the world, they don't read this. They read you. <laughs> and also, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And sometimes you think, well, what is a smile in a window? Where's the gospel in that? But actually, it's when you reach out with the love of Jesus. It's actually when you demonstrate the care of Jesus, that hearts are opened to him. And uh, I've got a, a word that I've been praying for you guys, and I, I pray that this will encourage you. I believe it's for you guys this morning. I was driving home a couple of weeks ago um, uh, with my son and my daughter at about 9 o'clock at night, and it was bonfire night. And uh, I don't know if you've ever driven uh, through the countryside when it's bonfire night, but uh, if you look on the horizon or you look around, you see the fireworks going off around you. It's, it's beautiful. And the other thing that we saw when we drove through different towns and villages were these huge bonfires, uh, one after the other after the other. And uh, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about fire. Can we all say fire? Excellent. We see fire in the scriptures so much. The Holy Spirit is seen as fire. God spoke to Moses through the fire. 
God led the Israelites through the wilderness by fire. And when the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, there appeared tongues of fire upon the disciples. And I was reminded of a Bible week a few years ago, and I don't have many visions or pictures, but this one particular uh, Bible week where I was in, I closed my eyes and immediately I saw this huge, massive tidal wave of fire coming down from Kefili Mountain, rolling through the valley. And in the wake of this huge wave, all I could see were restored lives. People's lives that had been made whole. People's lives that had been healed and restored. And as I was thinking about fire on this journey, I was thinking loads of different things. There's one thing specifically I want to speak to you guys about this morning. But, you know, fire spreads quickly. We actually had a fire in our home a few months ago. Thankfully, it was all okay, but we had fire engines. We weren't staying there at the time. But one thing we learned is that fire spreads really, really quickly. And I want to encourage you guys this morning that when the Holy Spirit starts moving in this place, you're going to see things happen very, very quickly. In the Bible, you see several times it talks about suddenlies and quicklies. That's what's going to happen in this place. As well as that, fire speaks of hearts that burn for him. And I was thinking more and more and more that God is looking for a people who are wholeheartedly living for him. You know, living for God, it's not about the hokey-cokey. It's not one foot in, one foot out. Jump in, jump out. That's what it's all about. I want to tell you this morning, it's not about the hokey-cokey. When you give your life to Jesus, it's about saying, I'm all in, completely. God is looking for people who will live for him, hearts that are on fire, completely and totally sold out for him. Fire speaks about refining, doesn't it? You know, it speaks about uh, a blacksmith that holds the silver under the fire, keeps his eyes on it, and all the impurities come out. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us, you know. All these different things God was speaking to me about, but the main scripture that God put on my heart for you was this. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It's a simple little verse, and it says this. For, the, for those reasons, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, the church is full of so many beautiful, multifaceted, different gifts. I know we all think that Southport and the surrounding areas are all going to be changed through Jeff. <laughs> but I want to tell you that God has a bigger purpose, which is to use you. And uh, there was a, a time a while ago where I had the privilege of going to uh, the Philippines. It's starting to rain, is it? <laughs> Provision of God. And uh, we went to the Philippines, and I went with a guy called James Aubrey. I don't know if James has been here. A few weeks ago, well, me and James have known each other for a long time, and we were supposed to be teaching this bunch of students uh, on the kingdom of God. The first thing that happened, which was pretty funny, is that we arrived, and there were these students there, these Chinese students, and 
And all they kept talking to us about was Harry and Bonnie and how incredible these guys were and what amazing teachers they were and how wonderful they were. And so we did about, four, I don't know, six, seven days of teaching. And when we'd finished, you know what? They still kept talking about how amazing and how wonderful Harry and Bonnie were. But anyway, I was with James Aubrey, and um, James is just on a whole other level when it comes to teaching from the Scriptures. So we had about, I don't know, 15, 20 sessions to teach on the kingdom of God. Well, after the first session, I got through all of my notes, and I had nothing left to say. <laughs> and I was in my room panicking, texting Kate, saying, I've got nothing more to give. I've got nothing more to say. And there was James. He stood up. And without any notes, he was taking them to books in the Bible that I'd never even heard of in my life. He was flipping here, there, and everywhere. And I thought to myself, my goodness, this guy is good. But then, do you know what I realized? I realized I could stand up and talk about lives that had been changed by the kingdom of God. And I found that James was really good on the teaching from the scriptures, but when it came to applying it to real life and inspiring this bunch of students in how God wanted to use them, do you know what was amazing? James couldn't do that. And I stood up and I realized, do you know what? I can do this. And I want to encourage you this morning that God has put gifting in you. He's put significant gifting in each and every one of you. I want to encourage you to be grateful for your gift. Have confidence in your gifting and know that there are people that you can reach, that you can reach that other people sitting next to you can't. God has given you your gifting, your personality, your interests, your social group for purpose. And I'm telling you this morning that the word of God to you is this. These are the days to fan into flame the gift. If anyone here enjoys baking, does anyone enjoy baking? It's time to start baking. If any of you are encouraging and you find that actually it's really easy to encourage other people, I want to encourage you to give yourself to your gift and start encouraging people. Maybe some of you, like me, are really good with practical DIY stuff around the house. That was a joke. <laughs> but if you know that actually I'm really good at this, then keep your eyes open within the church body, but as well as that on your street, in your community. If people need help, be willing to step out in your gifting. Maybe you find that actually God has blessed you with money. Maybe you find that God has given you an anointing in how to use money. Well, God wants you to use that gifting. And I can tell by some of you looking at me this morning, you're thinking to yourself, do you know what? I don't know what my gifting is. I don't think I've got anything to give. Sometimes when you feel like that, you just need to come alongside a friend and you need to say to them, can you tell me what is it that I'm good at? <laughs> Can you tell me what is it that you think I can give? Because I guarantee that your friends around you and people within this body will look at you and will say to you, do you know what? You're really, really good at this. Actually, you're better than anyone in this particular area. I want to encourage you to start thinking about what your gifting is. You know, the devil, he wants to pour water on your gifting. He wants to pour water 
on your passion. These are the, you know, the, the enemy, he's called the, uh, the father of lies because all he does is speaks lies to us all the time. And he will say to you, you're not good enough. He will say to you, you're not old enough. He will say to you, you're too old. Lies, lies, lies to pour water on this passion of gifting that we have in us. He'll say to us, I can't be used by God because of my history or because of the things that I've done in the past. He'll say to us, I'm not as gifted as the other person next to you. I'm not as uh, eloquent in my speech or I'm not good enough in different things. All lies, lies, lies to hold us back from being used by God in all the things that he has for us. Sometimes we can say to ourselves, I wish I had what that other church had. I was thinking this morning as so many contributions were coming, I thought, man, I wish in Caffili we had as many people as this coming forward to give contributions. Or you think to yourself, I wish I had their building or I wish I had their resources. This is what the enemy says, but like I said earlier, when God calls you to something, he'll give you everything that you need in order to do it. It's time to stir it up, folks. Turn to the person next to you, give them a wink and say, it's time to stir it up. God wants to use you. When I was younger, in the home that I grew up in, we had an open fire. And uh, with that open, has anyone got an open fire at home? I wish to, yeah. (laughs) Well, with your open fire, you may have a little brush. It's time to start sweeping out the ashes, guys. Or maybe you've got a little poker. It's time to start poking up that fire. It's time to start saying, it's time to start fanning into flame the gift that God has given me. I haven't been called to be somebody that just comes to sit there on a Sunday and just be spoon-fed the Word of God for half an hour every week. I haven't been called to be somebody that just attends one midweek group, pay my tithe, tick, tick, tick. But actually, God has chosen me for a purpose far greater than just myself. He's called me to serve His purposes in my generation. So often I find people are sitting there saying, what is God's plan for my life? What is God's plan for my life? Do you know what's better than doing that? Is saying, God, what is your plan and purpose for your earth? Because I want to get involved with that. I want to encourage you this morning. You may be sitting there thinking, I've got nothing to give. God wants to use you. And do you know what? Like I said earlier, it's only as every single person plays their part, bakes a cake, stands on a door, reaches out with a flyer, makes a happy face, that we can move forward as a church. So often we can sit there so judgmental thinking, I wish we were doing more as a church. It's only when people say, what am I going to do? And they step forward that things start moving forward. Praise God. I'm so excited because there are so many gifts in this room. There's so much opportunity in this room. Gone are the days of one-man ministry. Gone are the days where it's just the leaders that make things happen. We're moving into days now where as if the church recognizes that actually what's in me He who is in me, the secret, the hope of glory, he can use me for mighty things. And you think to yourself, he can't use me. He can use you this morning. He can use you. I presume this is the row of students we've got here. God wants to use you guys powerfully in the different things that he's putting you in, the different classes. There are people that you can reach that people like David over here can't reach But there's people over here that can reach people that you can't reach as well. Praise God. I'm getting excited. Sorry, guys. So how do we fan it into flame? Well, the scripture says, interestingly, 
I know you've done foundations in the last 12 months of laying on of hands. I don't understand why and how, but if there's people here this morning that would like a fresh anointing to reach out to their neighbors, I'm quite happy to put my hands on your shoulders and pray for you this morning. But as well as that, just really stirred this morning that it's the Holy Spirit that blows onto our gifting and fans it into flame. In the, uh, the open fire that I had as a kid, we had these big bellows. Do you remember those bellows that you used to blow into the fire? Blow into the fire. And just as there was a mighty wind that blew in the book of Acts, he wants to blow in this place. When the Holy Spirit is involved, and this is something I want to encourage you in, when the Holy Spirit is involved, boldness comes afresh upon you. But there's also a wonderful grace that you can just relax and you can just be yourself. You know, whenever we talk about evangelism and reaching out, suddenly everybody kind of freaks out, freezes up, starts being weird, starts being different, starts talking with a funny voice. When the Holy Spirit is here, when the Holy Spirit uses you, it's just relaxed, you can be yourself, you don't need to put on a mask. He takes all the pressure off. When the Holy Spirit is involved, he provides the opportunities. I was struck this morning when we were talking about how he is seated in glory. You know, he's not even standing. He's not rushing. He's not stressed out. He's seated. And when the Holy Spirit is involved, you can just be yourself. You may think I haven't got much, but when you put it in the hands of Jesus, he multiplies and he multiplies and he multiplies and he does something amazing. He's just looking for people to be willing. I just want to just share a simple story just to finish off really, which is that there was a time in my life where I was working in, in Manchester with a, an, an estate with a bunch of kids and um, I thought to myself, Lord, how can I relate to these kids? I came from a good home, and uh, the kids I was working with had crazy, crazy backgrounds. And I said, God, how can I relate to these, these children who came from the most awful homes? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, there's no way you can relate to them. How could you possibly relate to them? How could you understand the upbringing that they've had? And then the Holy Spirit said to me, but my gospel is the same for you as it is for them. He said, my love for you is the same love that I have for these kids. He said, you need forgiveness just as these kids needed forgiveness. You needed new life just as these kids needed new life. And if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's simply this. My story is powerful. It's nothing special. I gave my life to Jesus when I was nine years old just in a meeting like this, and I came forward and gave my heart to him. It's nothing incredible or amazing or fancy. But you know what I found over the years that as I'm just real with people, as I just simply share my story with people, I don't need to put on a mask. I've worked in prisons, I've worked on the uh, on streets with, with, with kids, worked with youth, worked in all different types of places. But when you're just real with people and you're just honest with people about your story, what you find is that people open up to you. What you find is people respect you. What you find is that people are actually willing to listen to you. 
It's not about coming to people and saying, I've got all the answers. Sometimes I come alongside people and I say, do you know what? I'm just walking out life just like you. But this is what I found. This is what I've discovered. This is what's happened in my life. And if you've given your life to Jesus, I simply want to encourage you this morning that the one thing that you have is a story, a story that will reach out to different people. So I want to encourage you guys. I just want to encourage you. Whatever you need to do, to fan into flame the gift that God has put in you. Be willing to do that. God is not looking for the most educated of people. He's not looking for the most talented of people. He's not looking for people that have got all the answers. He's simply looking for people that are willing to step out and be obedient when he calls them. It all starts with simply saying, God, I hear your call. Send me. Send me. And if we open our eyes, what you find is that he lays out opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. God is going to do something wonderful in this place. And I'm excited for what he's doing. I just want to pray for you guys this morning that you would be stirred afresh in the things that God has for you. Do you mind if we just stand and I pray for you? So just in this moment right now, we're just going to spend some time in worship. And I'm just going to pray over you. We're going to pray over you that God would stir afresh within you a passion for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, and you would recognize afresh that he wants to use you, normal people like me, that God wants to use you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in this place right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. I thank you, Lord, that there is nobody in this room that you have written off, Lord. There is nobody in this room that you have said that you cannot use, Lord. But Father, you see us this morning. You care about everything that is going on in our lives. And Lord Jesus, you want to use us for the advance of your kingdom. And I pray right now as we again fix our eyes upon you, that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit as we sing, Lord, as we speak of how good you are, Lord, that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.